Welcome to Living Social Justice Podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. I'm joined today by Sarah Binos, the Chief Strategy Officer of Common Good. Sarah is a qualified physiotherapist and holds a master's degree in philosophy and practical theology from the University of Pretoria. This has served her well in working to create opportunities for people marginalized by poverty and justice to realize their full God-given potential. Good evening, everyone. I absolutely love how that video lands. When it says, when you pay attention to the beginning of the story, you can change the whole story. About 10 years ago, my husband Steve and I, we were looking at the common good strategy and it just felt like there were a thousand things happening. We were a mile wide and an inch deep with lots of different focus areas. And we began to ask the question, what what are the few things that we can do that can really make a significant difference in South Africa? And we'd been dabbling and we'd been doing quite a lot in the unemployment space, but we'd seen how so many of our unemployed youth in South Africa actually, the the problem started earlier. It started in school. And what we were experiencing in terms of high school matriculants, we could see there was a problem in the schooling system. So we went to interview principals and very quickly they said to us, actually, the problem starts earlier. Go to primary schools. And we went to foundation phase teachers and head of departments and they said, "Uh uh-uh, the reading for meaning, the language development, guys, you've got to go right back to the womb. And so we did. And fast forward a decade later, we've done a whole lot of research. We've been learning lots of things. And this is the most fascinating and significant phase of human development. My hope is in the next few minutes, I can just tell you why. And I can just give you a little lens into what actually happens during this time in a child's life. Um, As Kanye said, by the beginning of the story, we mean from conception to age two. And this is called the first thousand days. Um, But let's just reflect on this quote again. Christ followers, mothers, fathers, grannies, grandpas, uh, church leaders, are we paying enough attention to the beginning of the story? Now, unlike many other topics like HIV or any other kind of social ill or just topic in general, this is one we should all really be able to relate to because many of us in the room would have had our own children and I think we can probably remember with maybe a little bit of haze, having our own children age naught to two, bit of a whirlwind, bit of a blur, but then we also, there are little people in our lives. Um, You might have a niece or a nephew, a grandchild, a friend who's just had a baby. Um, The one thing we all have in common is that uh, baby making happens in every community and every city all over the world and all of us experience and have contact with the littlest of people and the families that love and care for them. But sadly, we live in a society where um, so many families in this stage of life often experience incredible isolation and disconnect from communities of care and support and traditional village structures where where people can tap into um, 
greater networks of care and support are often very difficult to foster in a society where both parents often work, um, there's a high prevalence of single moms or dads raising children. Um, the hamster wheel of life just spins really, really quickly. Um, the older generation sadly often live outside of community or they're in different types of communities like old age homes or they live far away from their children and grandchildren. And many children in this country are born into adverse circumstances where there's high levels of unemployment and caregiving is very disrupted. And sadly, this isolation and this disconnect happens at a stage of life where connection and care and support is just so vital. Making matters worse is that many people actually don't understand the power and the possibility of this phase. Um, I have the privilege of an incredible education. I even studied embryology at university. And I promise you it's only in the last few years that the dots have really started to connect around the incredible possibility and power of this phase of life, not only for our own children, but for our broader communities, for our church communities, for our country, and even the nations of the world. So this begs the question, why specifically are these first thousand days so important? And I want to talk about two things in the next few minutes. I want to talk about the fact that this is a time of rapid brain development. There's lots going on inside that we don't see. And I also want to talk about how the trajectory of a child is set for life. So let me dive into the first one. Um, this is a time of rapid development when foundations are laid for life. I find it very amusing that when I send my children to school, grade R to 3 is called the foundation phase. I would beg to differ. I would argue that the foundation phase is actually 0 to 2. Um, and just consider what we see happening in this phase. We see little people um, lifting their heads. Then they can roll. Then they can sit. Then they can crawl. Uh, then before you know it, they're standing, walking, running. And that happens in this accelerated time frame. They literally double in size in a couple of months. Um, and there's just so much happening. But what we don't see and what is invisible to us is what is actually happening in the brain. Um, and for those of you that know the science of the brain, just hold tight. But just for a second, may it just freshly inspire you that as you read to a child, as you engage, you are building brains. Um, and so what's happening? A baby's brain is developing faster than any other phase of life. You heard in the video, 700 to 1,000 neurons are connecting per second, forging neural pathways that are vital for functions that later in life we take quite for granted. Things like the ability to express our emotions, um, to reason, to apply logic, um, uh, to, to be able to relate to adults, uh, to have social competence, to speak a language, to recognize faces, to concentrate and focus. It starts in, the foundations are laid in the first thousand days. Um, the brain is 80% of its size by the time a child is two. Um, and in this image, you can see that the density of neurons from, two, from 0 to 2 to 3 years increases over time. And it's a time that the architecture and the structure of the brain, it's like this mesh is layered. All these wires are connected and layered over each other, connecting different parts of the brain um, for all sorts of functions. Um, some of these paths, as they, the first experiences create these pathways, and then as they repeat it, they become entrenched, and they become, um, uh, uh, they become strengthened. And the more integrated and widely networked the brain is, the more there is to build on, and the more the child will learn. Um, 
And so also during this time, what I find fascinating is that foundations are being laid for confident, socially competent adults who can relate to and trust other people. The inception of the ability of a child to have human relationships starts in this phase. Uh, when a child smiles and you smile back, uh, early on, this, this idea of serve and return, they're learning that there's a connection um, when they make sounds and you repeat them, it's, relationship is being built. Uh, when they cry and when they laugh, they're demanding your attention and they're saying, look after me. And they're learning that they can trust you because you respond. And so this interaction between caregiver and child contributes to the part of brain development which helps us ensure that we are socially competent adults. During this phase, language development is happening at lightning speed. And I didn't realize this, but actually uh, the, the peak time of um, brain development for language in particular is already at six months old. The child can't even speak it, but that is the peak time when language development is happening in the brain. And babies that hear lots of stories, babies that are spoken to a lot, where they hear lots of words and language, and they have positive associations with that, they get this like accelerator, they have this boost for literacy development later in life. Like Reading and writing, we know it doesn't start in formal education, it starts right back in the first thousand days. And so that's the, that is how the foundations are laid. But the second point I want to make is how these foundations are laid will set the trajectory for a child's um, development for life. Um, and, and this is re really the tragedy of the South African story because how these foundations are laid will determine whether or not a child will thrive and flourish or struggle and survive. And here you have this picture um, right early on What's happening in these neural pathways in this brain and whether or not a child gets what it needs to get in these first thousand days will we'll set it on this path towards realizing its God-given potential or not. Uh, now, don't lose hope. If you're thinking back to your early days and you're thinking, geez, what did I get? And I might have been really bright if, you know, this, this, and this had happened or... Um, it's not like we can't learn as adults. I can learn French, I can learn Isikosa. If I wanted to, it's just a lot harder. People that are stroke victims or have had traumatic accidents and have brain damage, it's incredible that the brain still actually can um, learn and rewire. So the point I'm trying to make, it's not impossible, it's just a lot harder. And this is a period of a, of a child's life where um, during this period, we, we call this time of lots of connections forming and, and lots of neural paths being made. We call, it, um, we call this brain plasticity. The problem is what comes with plasticity is also incredible vulnerability. And so what's so tragic is that there are a number of factors that undermine and stunt this rich development of the brain. And um, this, I'm not even going to go into them now, but this can result in a stunted brain. And if you just look at the next slide, um, you can see the difference. The one on the right is a normal brain. The one on the left is a stunted brain. And you can see how much thicker and how much larger the one on the right is compared to the one on the left. In South Africa, 27% of all children are stunted. This means that they are going to have, be cognitively impaired for life. And this is mainly as a result of malnutrition, um, but this is a gross injustice. And the data tells us that one in every two South Africans that is born, 50% will not realize their God-given potential. That means that a million, more than a million children that are born each year into um, conditions of high unemployment, poor living conditions, and disrupted caregiving will be on this lower trajectory. 
So brains that are wired to survive are not able to learn. And these children will continue to struggle through schooling. They may even drop out. And so this terrible cycle of wasted potential is perpetuated. Um, but don't lose hope because herein lies the, the key. This is an incredible opportunity because we can influence this trajectory. It's not like there's nothing we can do about this. This is empowering knowledge. This can set us up to change the way things are. Um, there is so much we can do to help South Africa realize her full potential. Um, and, and, and the question then is, how do we all play a part in helping children start well? By the end of the evening, I hope that you'll have some very practical handles and some great ideas on how you can do this. But for now, let us realize that this is an incredibly unique window of opportunity where foundations are laid and trajectories are set and that there is so much that we can do to both enhance brain development and mitigate the risk. So that even if a child is born in adverse circumstances where there are high levels of poverty, that child can thrive and flourish. Um, I'm now gonna hand over to Ruth who's gonna tell us more about um, what the brain actually needs to, be, uh, to result in a flourishing child. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Social Justice, on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can also find more resources on our website, commongood.org.za, including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.